everyone, and welcome to Our Undoing Radio. This week I will be uh, taking a question that I received on the Wisdom app that I normally would either just answer there and, you know, give it a one-minute hot take, or I would uh, expand upon it for the Wise Ask show, but I've decided to take it and tackle it here. And so the question is, what do I do, or what have I done, to better the world? And I want to give a nuanced answer to this. I want to give some care to this answer, because I don't want it to sound nihilistic. (laughs) And I also, uh, on the other hand, don't want to just rattle off things that I think make me look good. Right? Like, I can rattle off things, maybe, that make me look good, although the answer is always, compared to other people, not enough, right? Like, it's not as though I'm, I've joined Peace Corps. It's not as though I'm out there, you know, doing the work and helping in, in any big social way, um, getting my hands dirty and all that, as it were. So I could just rest on my laurels and say, well, I'm, I'm talking about this stuff publicly and starting a dialogue and... You know, great. Um, or I could say it's all meaningless, which, great. I mean, here we all still are living these lives. So it's not enough to say it's meaningless, and it's certainly not enough to go down a resume of stuff that may or may not be impressive, and probably isn't impressive. In fact, I'll go on a limb and say it isn't. This is generally how we answer the question, and this is generally how Someone who asks the question wants to hear a response. Um, and then they want to, you know, perhaps judge you based on that response of like, oh, well, was that really helpful? I mean, who knows? We're just going by the likelihoods of, of uh, you know, obviously this is an anonymous person. I don't know this for a fact. But the likelihood of someone asking me that uh, to then judge my answer is uh, pretty good. Um, then there's always the old turning the question around. What are you doing to better the world? Why are you concentrating on what I'm doing to better the world? You know, that sort of defensive posturing, but in the realm of spirituality, quote unquote, spirituality, um, it's not meant to be read as a defensive posturing. It's meant to be read as a, you're very asking that is the defensive posturing. You don't want to do anything or you're not doing anything to better the world. And so you're more concerned with what I'm up to. And of course, all of this is super precarious and perhaps uh, shadow boxing because uh, for all I know on the Wisdom app, that anonymous person is just um, like some bot for the Wisdom app people to uh, do data mining on me. I, I, I don't know. Um, anyway, all of those are sort of natural responses to this, uh, very question. And in some sense, I've given an answer politically. I've said that, um, I vote for whoever I believe is going to do the least amount of damage because even if it's all over, even if we're at the end of our society or, humanity going on the way that it is, westernized humanity, that is, 
even if we are at the end of that, it doesn't mean that I selfishly want other people to be in pain. It doesn't mean that I'm correct. And if I am wrong, then why would I want to vote for my own selfishness, my own enrichment, and all of that? Uh, why would I not just want to vote for whoever's going to do the least damage and the most good for people, whether they are the perfect candidate or not? Um, so I've answered that politically. But I want to take this angle on the question. And again, this is not to be nihilistic or anything like that. But from the deeper place, let's ask, is there any way to better the world with this mind, within the context of this mind? For whom are we benefiting the world? I mean, it's such a broad question. And when we jump to answers to list the resume of things we're doing, we're assuming a context. We're we're assuming that we know the contours of this question. And those contours will look suspiciously like our own projection. So for some people, they consider doing better for the world, feeding the homeless. Doing better for the world would be uh, just recycling. Some people believe doing better for the world would be to proselytize their religious perspective. Some people believe doing better for the world is, uh, you know, working for a conservancy uh, or a, a, working at um, like an animal shelter, even. Parents might say they're bettering the world by bringing children into the world and raising them right. There's all sorts of ways to answer this question, and it all reflects how you interpret the question. Which sounds like, duh, right? Sounds obvious, but I mean, think about the other ways that people might mean this, you know, oh, well, I'm bettering the world by promoting capitalism or democracy or by supporting our military, by making sure the poor are doing their fair share for their handouts, by putting guns to the heads of illegal immigrants, keeping our borders safe. Through death and destruction, do I better the world? Through riches and gain, do I better the world? And some people, you know, might fancy themselves philanthropists. You know, the billionaire philanthropist. There is no such thing as a <laughs> billionaire philanthropist, but still they exist. So this is to say that sometimes when we talk about what we're doing to better the world, what we really mean is how destructive we are, right? So is there bettering the world from within this mind? Like in any quote-unquote objective way, in any way that is actually beneficial to the world? No. There's only doing the least amount of damage with what we've got. Because we're unhealthy, we're, we're insane. I know that may sound like sort of cute and flippant to say, oh, we're insane. Oh, yes, we are. But no, we're actually not sane. <laughs> and we've built this pseudo-sanity bubble for ourselves. We've carved it out to remain this way. And I don't know if you've ever thought about how and why you think about life, time, 
and personal meaning. Like, have you ever thought about how and why you think about them? Not just think about them. Um, but if you have, you would very quickly be confronted with the fact of your insanity. Which is why most people don't. Because then they'd have to realize what they are. And so the craziness goes on. And then we say it's someone else's fault. Or you blame yourself out of depression, which is an extension of that wanting to remain insane and willfully blind. Right? Blaming you through depression for life, the universe, and everything uh, isn't really taking responsibility, isn't really understanding the problem. It's just putting the blame on you as a filler for what most people do, which is blame everyone else. Blame society. Blame the man. And everyone's to blame. We're all in on this together. Let me show you what I mean here. Let's go in this order. Let's talk about life from your perspective. What is life? Not as a hypothetical, not as a belief, but really, how do you live your life? Sorry, I'm living my life by hearing these ducks out the window. Do you hear them? I'm going to leave the window open because I like hearing the birds. But you tell me. You tell me if it's annoying to hear bird sounds and wind and stuff. Uh, I digress. How do you live your life? Life is for the birds. Um, it's in the context of your society. And if you, like, are, a, you know, a hermit or something who lives alone in a cave or some backwoods, uh, don't bother me, you know, kind of place, um, that's in still in relationship to society, that you have shunned society. Um, you've decided you don't like it or you don't want it. So you're still living in relationship to society. So everything is in relationship to society. And what is this society? What is this thing that, that you're born into that you either embrace or, or block out, but have ingrained in you nonetheless? Generally speaking, for we westernized folks, it's, you know, rules and regulations and the retelling of how things were prior to you being born to project a future, to say who you are as a nation and, and where you're going as a country, and um, who you should be as a citizen and as a person. You know, all of this stuff that comes from our schooling, from our religions, from our governing bodies, from our advertising, from our uh, on and on, is all a reinforcement of an illusion. There is no you before you are here, and there will be no you when you're gone. And so all of this stuff of who that little speck, that little carved out bit of time is or is to be, needs to be, is someone else's agreement that you've either latched onto or rejected. And it's not always that black and white. You can reject some parts and latch onto other parts and so on and so forth. But this sense of 
you being here as a historical figure in a historical moment um, with a couple of inevitable futures, should you take one path or the other, is a lie. It just simply isn't true. And yet, this is the context in which we live our lives and with which we view time. We view time uh, linearly, generally, in the Western mind. We look to the past to make sure we don't repeat it, and then we repeat it. (laughs) We repeat it anyway. But we look with reverence, and then we want to project a future with that same reverence. We want to see ourselves like those historical figures that we have turned into icons and quote-unquote heroes, right? We want to be like them. We want to emulate them. We want to carry their thoughts and their ideals as our thoughts and ideals and bring those ideals forward with us as we go. This is progress, right? We take the best of the past and we project it into the future. and We want to be there with it. We want to be the ones doing it. And we want to be remembered. This is some vague form of eternity for us where we get to die but our image, our name somehow, for whatever reason gets remembered for a time we'll see how long and so this creates for us or sort of goes hand in hand with personal meaning what is the meaning of our lives we're always looking for that and we always want to say That it's subjective. It's whatever is personal to you is the meaning of life. That way, we don't have to deal with the fact that it isn't. We don't have to deal with the fact that personal meaning is part of that insanity. In fact, we so don't want to know the truth that we turn truth into the insanity. We say that there is no such thing as immutable truth. We want everything to be subjective. We want everything to be... An individual's reality tunnel. There can't be the universal. Because, well, for good reason, partially, because dictators tend to speak in universal terms. But universal meaning uh, as a reflection of them. (laughs) Whatever they want. Uh, But again, that's how this mind warps truth. It does turn it into a lie. It turns it into a selfish gain, like almost everything else. But let's circle back here, because I don't want the insanity of all of this to get lost. The immediate insanity. As I am uh, as I'm speaking this, it is Memorial Day weekend here. Well, it's actually Memorial Day. And so Memorial Day is where we remember our fallen soldiers in wars and things like this. And from within the mind bubble, it may make sense to do that. You may say, like, oh, they're heroes. They're protecting our country. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have the right to even do this podcast because some evil person from another country, the foreign evil flavor of the month, would come and destroy us all and put us into slavery the way we built this country doing. And even being able to say that is a function of military might. Right? Like reinforcing our our ability to remain a democracy and blah 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 blah. Um 
Can you believe that we identify as anything, being that we're only alive for, if you're lucky, 80, 90 years? I mean, to come into the world and only know that you're going to die, and then quickly latch onto uh, identifying with a country, and therefore with the country's ability to protect itself, which is to say to, to murder life, and that's what we all are, is life. That's all we know that we are, is life. Life set in a certain amount of time. And so we create this personal meaning, this personal sense of, of identity for ourselves and for others, and we latch onto that, because that's all we know. And so we have to make up, literally, an identity to fill out this little parcel of time in the scheme of life that we are. But because we're, that's insane, because instead of sitting still, pondering it, being silent, we want to fill everything with noise and be that noise and identify as that noise, we identify with anti-life, with war, murder, in the name of the good, in the name of preserving our nation, our national identity, our democracy. And again, this let's you know switch over here. Of course, doing that is better than clubbing yourself over the head, right? Like again, voting for the best outcome is better than not voting at all in a world that shows you over and over again that not voting at all means that the worst fascist people will come to power and uh, dictate your life to you. But when do we get off that crazy train, the wash, rinse, repeat train? More of a washing machine that never quite gets out the dirt than a train. When do we get off, whatever that is, whatever appliance we're talking about here? Um, this is insanity. Our lives are insane. So is there bettering the world through this mind? Bettering it as an American, bettering it as a Russian, a Chinese, a Japanese, a Ukrainian, an Iraqi, an Iranian, an Israelite, too, Saudi Arabian. Where are you from? Liberia? What insane cultural lens are you looking through and seeing a world that needs your particular brand of betterment, your, your stink of betterment. It doesn't. We've been bettering the world, and look how it's turned out. This is the better world, the one that we're killing. Do you get it? We've already seen, through thousands of years, the promise of religion. And it's to oppress, to torture, to enslave, and to murder. And then we've seen a switch to science and technology. And we've seen the end of its promise now, which is to oppress, to torture, to enslave, and to murder. And to murder Earth as best we can. And that's the enlightened version of this mind claiming to be evolving out of religiosity. 
out of dictatorship into democracy, into freedom. Right? We're still doing it. Mega corporations polluting. Supreme Court shooting down regulations so that they can continue to pollute, even as we're on our deathbed from polluting. And the people sitting by and going, like if they even know about it. Most people don't even pay attention. But if they do, it's, what can I do? These evil corporations. No, it's this mind is insane that has produced people who incorporate (laughs) into a conglomerate of insanity. What you might call evil or anti-life. We're so insane that it's hard for me to say anti-life and for you to not not immediately go to the abortion non-issue. Right? As if being a deeply insane religious person who wants to strip women of their rights and their power in this world under the pretext of saving unborn children, that is to say, children that don't exist yet, as if that is fostering life pro- Life, And then we all know what else they believe in, which is Jesus with the fiery sword, being a warrior, you know, guns, 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 all that. We're insane. And we want to better the world. <laughs> Some of us. However that looks to us is, is better enough. Because me talking about that religious fanatic... Uh, you know, that person exists and some of those people are listening to this show and some of those people will be like, what? No, I, I'm i the good guy here. I am the pro-life one. You're the anti-life one. How dare you? are anti-American. You're anti... And on and on we go, right? On this seesaw, on this back and forth with these these self-identities that are made up, that are either made up for us and handed to us, pre-made, lazily, in the society factory, or, uh, you know, or we reject those books and we write our own. <laughs> and, um, and our books are based loosely on those books, because what else do we have to go by? That's what's in our headspace. So we can pretend like science is not religion, even though fundamentally they both run on the same uh, principles of The world is here for you to do with whatever the heck you want. And there's a hierarchy or priesthood and uh, a specialty language which the commoners shall not speak. And you can argue it if you want, but you're still killing yourself. I mean, that's the real joke of this is like we want to argue points while the ship is going down, right? We want to play ourselves to death as the Titanic is sinking. And, pre- and pretend that that's the real issue here, man. What you're saying on this podcast makes me angry. That's the real issue. I'm sick of talking politics. I'm sick of feeling guilty. I'm, 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 me, 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 I'm. So how do we stop with I, I, me, 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 I'm and the arguing against that? That's all in this little mind bubble. This westernized mind space, this insanity. 
Well, I sort of gave you a clue before and in every other episode of the show, which is if you want to stop the noise, you can't just change the channel to other noise. You can't just rebel against noise A with noise B. And if noise B is coming from you or from you and a smaller group of people, your tribe, whom you've found online or wherever... Um, that's still noise. It just sounds better because it's coming from you. It's like sniffing your own farts. If you want no noise, you got to shut up. You've got to stop being noise. But the thing is, we don't really want to not be noise. We want to find something that sounds good. That's the betterment. How do we better? How do we sound good? How do we hear something soothing, something better? How do we do that? And so we think that we have to search for it. If it's if what we've been given sounds cacophonous, then we've got to come up with it. We've got to search our interior domains and all of this. Go on our own journey. Become our own musicians. But all of that is still from within this mind bubble because you are this mind bubble. Those other people are this mind bubble whom you were born into the world with. You're all this mind bubble. So if you want that which is not this mind bubble, if such a thing exists, if such a sound exists that is not the sound of your own voice and the voice of your neighbors and the voice of the people you're blocking out, you must be silence to hear if such a voice exists in the first place. But again, we'll do anything to avoid that silence, including hypothesizing that, yes, such a better sound does exist when there's silence. Maybe you'll even cite this podcast as how you know that to be the case. Maybe you know it through Zen Buddhism or Confucius or the art of war (laughs) or Jiddu Krishnamurti or Ken Wilber or go down the list. Whirling Dervish Twirls at a Sufi gathering. I don't know. All I know is that knowledge is your noise. It's you remaining noise by keeping everything hypothetical, everything as something that you know. Oh, I know this. There's that linear knowledge again. We just keep taking from the past to create a future, except in this case, it's actually taking from the past to sustain ourselves, to go on into the future as we are, pretending that because we know something that we have not experienced, we've just learned it and believed what we've learned, that we have grown, that we have bettered ourselves. And, you know, when you think about it, really, you've got to start with yourself. So bettering yourself is bettering the world. Yes, it can get that lazy when you're this insane.